It's time for the Smart Money Questions Podcast with Matt Hausman. This is the show that provides you with a sound financial education and helps you avoid financial pitfalls. Make sure you are asking the right questions by listening to the Smart Money Questions Podcast. Hey everyone, how you doing? It's that time again. Matt Hausman, hopefully you guys are doing well. We are coming to the end of March. I, uh, I'm recording this the weekend after the first couple rounds of the NCAA basketball tournament. And in case you didn't watch it, man, it was there were some thrillers on there, some upsets. I want to say the first um, on Friday, or I'm sorry, Thursday and Friday, I think there were like four or five games that actually went into overtime. Uh, one of them, a good buddy of mine, went to Baylor. We were watching with him on Saturday, and uh, they were down 26 points, came all the way back to take it to overtime, and then they must have just been tired because they still lost. But it was pretty thrilling to see them come back from 26. I think I might have mentioned this in an earlier podcast. That's one of my favorite um, weekends of any sporting activity is that first weekend of March Madness. But um, listen, I want to jump into something today. Uh, I came across an article, I think it was published at the end of February, talking about some murky areas that people don't have clarity on when it comes to retirement planning. Uh, I want to address that uh, along with a couple others that I think are really important. And then we also have a question that I do get a lot uh, from someone uh, recently in our office And I want to bring that up as well. So before we do that, let's make sure we deal with a disclaimer. Please don't take any of the information or ideas or suggestions that I offer in today's show as direct advice for you. Please use it as information and education that you then can discuss with your advisor. Now, If you don't have an advisor or you would like for us to be your advisor, I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. And it's real simple. All you have to do is go to www.speakwithmatt.com. That's www.speakwithmatt.com. And my online scheduler is right there. You can go right in. You can schedule a 15 or 30 minute phone conversation. And quite frankly, at the end of that first call, we're going to have a good idea. Does it make sense to have a second conversation. So again, very low key, go right into the online scheduler. You don't even have to get on the phone with anyone to schedule this. So again, speakwithmat.com, www.speakwithmat.com and schedule it there. So, all right, let's go ahead and get on to today's show. Okay. As I mentioned, uh, this article that I came across, the name of the article is three murky issues that make retirement planning extra hard in this economic climate. And one of the things I thought was interesting about this is they're talking about the current economic climate. Now, there are things that we're seeing right now that we haven't seen for decades. One of them, obviously, is inflation with what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. But one of the things that the issues that she's talking about, quote, being murky, in my opinion, this is something that no matter when you are looking to retire, is you want to have clarity in your own situation on these items, no matter what is going on. Because as I was speaking to a client today, there and you guys have heard me talk about this before, there is always stuff going on. There's always chaos going on that regardless of that, you have to put all of that aside to have clarity on your situation 
and what you are going to make of your situation, what you're going to make of your retirement, which is why you are doing the planning. So the, the first um, item that they mentioned in the article was the understanding on how much growth of your income do you need to plan for when also bringing into account inflation? You know, the reality is, yes, inflation for the last 15 months is highest it's been. I think now we're at like 40 years. So, but the reality is inflation still happens. Even if you go before that, inflation hovered in between two and a half and three and a half percent over, you know, the rolling 20 year periods of time in between the last 40 years. Even at that low rate, you have to factor in what are you going to do with your investments? How are you going to compensate for that along with is your spending going to also increase? More than likely it is. But at the same time, at certain times in retirement, usually as people get older, 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 I talk the bucket list items have been, you've checked those items off. So the income need, especially for those uh, bucket list items, lifestyle items, starts to decrease. But the reality is you have to plan for that. And one of the things the article talked about was how few people, there was only about, I think it was around 25, 26% of people could correctly identify an inflationary factor that they were using in planning their, what they were going to need for their income streams. So it's really important to factor into that or for you to factor in the inflationary factor and at least plan for it. And of course, things like this you know, this hasn't happened in decades, meaning the inflationary factor that we're seeing right here. And, you know, there's people that say, you know, whatever they want as to what the causes are. Is it going to come back down? We'll have to see. It did before. I'm expecting it to, but we just don't know when that's going to be. So one of the items, again, you want to have some clarity, at least be talking about it, thinking about it, and putting it into your plan is that inflationary factor. And understanding that some of your income might be, quote, fixed. I hear this a lot. Well, when I get to retirement, I'm going to have a fixed income. Well, that depends on what those sources are. If you are going to get a pension, yes, many pensions are what I call a stagnant income source. They're fixed. They don't have an increase. But the other thing is, when you think about Social Security, and most people have qualified for Social Security. There's some people, depending on where they work, they, you know, they're going to get their, quote, Social Security somewhere else because they paid into a different system. But most people are going to get Social Security. And that's the other thing that this article talked about was very few people understand what their Social Security is going to be and when they are going to take it. I just had someone in my office earlier this week, and we were talking, and he was, he was going to turn 60 in a couple months, and he said, I'm realizing now I really need to start factoring in how much is my Social Security going to be? When should I really look at taking it? Can we run some examples? And that's what we're doing for him is we're running, we're running different projections as to when would be the right time to take Social Security so you can plan in what other sources of income you're going to need for that. But I was amazed. So many people, how much are you going to get from Social Security? I don't know. And when you find out how much that's going to be, so that I would tell everyone, go create your account at ssa.gov and go in and look. The other thing I would make sure is your earnings history and how much you've paid into the system, because that is what's going to determine how much Social Security 
you're going to receive. And then, of course, the the magic age of your full benefit is what's called your full retirement age. And depending on when you were born, right now, it's somewhere in between 66 and 67. For instance, myself, it's 67. And the reason I say the magic age is full retirement age is because that's when you're going to get your full benefit. But also, if you still want to work, you do not have to worry about what they call the earnings threshold. Um, We do workshops all the time just on Social Security planning and understanding different strategies on when you should elect to take it. And there's many variables that you want to be reviewing and understanding to help you make that right decision with Social Security. It's, um, It's one of the best assets I tell people that you've ever paid into. In other words, the return that you're going to get and especially making the right decision on when to take it. So that's one of the things. The other thing I hear that were in this article that talked about being murky is the withdrawal rate. How much do I need to be withdrawing from my investments to bridge the gap? And we're factoring in inflation, Social Security, if I get a pension. What's the withdrawal rate? And so many times I hear people say, I don't know what's been going on, but lately, people that have been coming into the office and we've been talking to them, they're like, ah, it's, I think it's 4%, whatever it's going to be. Then I'll never run out of money. And if that's all you're looking at, there are so many assumptions that go in to that quote 4% rule. How are, you know, if the reality is you put the money under the mattress and you think 4% is going to do it forever, well, how long are you going to live? You're getting no return on your money. Inflation is killing your buying power right now. So the variables that you have, how are you going to invest it? Is one year going to be higher than 4%? Is it a 4% average over your retirement years? So many times people will just use that that general terminology without looking at the specifics and the assumptions. I've had people come in my office that have been, uh, they've talked with other financial advisors and they'll bring a report. And the report that was produced by these other firms will say, you're going to get an 8% return year after year after year after year in a row. It's never going to go down. And so if you look at, for instance, the S&P between 2000 and 2020, the rate was 8.08%. But did it do that every year? No. So you have to make assumptions that are more realistic, not just this constant return factor that goes into that, quote, 4% model that you're never going to run out of money. You know, so understanding how, how much am I going to need, this, this comes into where one of the things they don't talk about here that I think is another subject that many people get murky on. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people, have you put a budget? How much are you going to need in retirement? I don't know. Usually when people are working, there isn't necessarily a budget that they, quote, live by. But when you come into retirement, that's one of the most important things that you need to put together is your budget. And even if you're younger right now, look at what you're spending now and then add those. You know, I always talk about the idea of putting a budget together is really three areas. You have keep the lights on. You have your wants or your bucket list items when you're younger. Maybe it's the vacation, what have you. And then you have when you get into retirement or maybe even before legacy. And how much am I looking for that? The one thing I would tell for the younger people, because I think many times this is a fallacy, and it's not recognized until you do this exercise is, oh, when I get to retirement, my income is going to be lower. I'm not going to need as much. That is baloney. 
I, j- I joke about it, but I'm serious. I have yet to have somebody come in my office and tell them when I ask them this question and they come back and they say, I'm only going to need about 50% of what I'm making now. That's not reality, especially when you consider the first years of retirement, five, six, seven, eight years, maybe longer, depending on when you retire, the bucket list items that you're going to want to go do, because now you have the time to do it, you're going to be spending more. So the first thing on understanding that four, that quote, 4% rule is what are my income sources going to be? So that goes back to the other one, Social Security. And then if that's all I'm going to get, that is my pension. By the way, I didn't mention this. Social Security has an, well, it's not guaranteed, but it does have a cost of living adjustment that happens every year. Now, this last year was pretty large. It was 5.9%. But the reality is it hovers right around one5 2%. So that is increasing at the rate of inflation, no, but it's not stagnant like a, like a traditional pension. But factor in those income sources. Look at What's going to bridge the gap after I've done the budget on the income sources and how much am I going to withdraw? And if I'm going to use, quote, that 4% rule, how much do I need to have to be able to have 4% actually meet my need? So again, the 4% rule, it's, it's such a generic term. You want to look into the details with that. What are the assumptions that you're making? How are you investing the money? What's the anticipated rate of return to be able to, quote, say, I'm never going to run out of money. Which takes me to the next thing. So many times I hear, and this was actually in an article right below the one that I'm mentioning, and that is, how long will a million dollars last? Or what I hear all the time, how much am I going to need in retirement? And once again, there's so many variables to be able to answer that question. My answer is it always depends. It depends on so many factors. You know, I was on the phone earlier today with someone where their guaranteed income They have really good pensions. They have really good Social Security. It's a serious number. I mean, it's a good number. Not everyone has that. Do they need a million? Well, depends on their lifestyle. If their lifestyle is spending every dollar of that guaranteed income, then yeah, it probably is. Why? Well, we're going to have inflationary factors that are going to increase that. So they have to have other investments to be able to bridge, if anything, the inflation gap. So it's so relative to your situation and going through these exercises is so important. And I don't care if you're six months from retirement, maybe you're in retirement, or you're 25, 30 years from retirement. Start doing the budgeting, the planning, and putting money away, especially from an investment standpoint right now. It's so important to be doing these things. Have yourself a checkup at least once a year to see what's going on. Now, let me tell you one of the things or a couple areas that I don't believe were touched on and they're always murky. As a matter of fact, it's, it's items, I think, that people either don't want to talk about or they don't have an understanding of. And that is, first of all, when you come to retirement, especially, well, actually, any time, but especially in retirement, the one thing you want to be clear on, especially if you're, gonna, if you're doing these income projections yourself, is taxes, taxes, and taxes. And you guys hear me talk about this all the time, but it's so important. The person that I was on the phone with today, I was trying to explain to them is the consequences of taking large sums of money out of a qualified pre-tax retirement, how much tax they're going to pay on that, how that potentially is going to affect them for a couple years on their Medicare premiums. And 
Understanding your taxes, where your money is from a tax perspective, I believe is one of the murkiest areas because Listen, one of the best things is put money into that 401k. You know, we've been hearing that for decades. Throw it in there. Let it run. It'll be there. When you get to retirement, start pulling it out. But one thing people have not recognized, and I'm, you know, I preach this all the time, but it was, it literally just happened an hour ago. And that is trying to explain, you realize that if you take that out, that's a 26% tax hit that you owe today. And maybe we spread that out, that amount out over a couple year period of time and maybe reduce it down to 20. But it's all pre-tax. So many times people look at that, that statement and they think it's all theirs and it's not. So again, understanding your taxes for when you're taking your withdrawals, especially if it's all in a traditional IRA, 401k, 403b, what have you in the pre-tax section. You know, that is so murky. That's another murky area. I don't think people address um, either there it's unknowing to them or maybe they recognize and they just don't want to think about it. Who knows? The other thing I think that is a little murky is the idea of at least looking at and planning for in some form or fashion, a care event, long-term care, home care, assisted living care, what have you. That is something else that at least needs to be addressed. And one of the workshops I talk about is you can either look to fund it on your own so you're self-funded, which means you're cutting the check. Otherwise, you can look to family or you can look to shift that liability to most of the time it's some type of an insurance company that you're going to pay a premium for and they're going to have some type of a policy that's going to offset that cost, maybe even pay it all. But it's important to at least address it and understand what that cost is going to be. And going back to the original, the inflationary factor I think we all can agree get that healthcare in general, the inflationary factor there, it has been about two times at least the traditional inflationary factor on everything else. So again, long-term care is extremely important. The other thing I think that you want to be thinking about, if anything, maybe you don't have any desire, but at least you've addressed it, and that is legacy. You know, I, I mentioned in the podcast earlier this month about talking with a uh, young person, just had a kid, married, and the idea of, you know, now we have to start planning. If anything, the legacy is, God forbid, you know, of a premature death, how am I covering lost income and uh, childcare, college expenses, what have you. But when you're coming into retirement, a lot of times I'll hear, do I really need life insurance anymore? And that's where, you know, what's the purpose of life insurance? Well, there's multiple different reasons why to have it, but what's your purpose? And that's where, where does legacy fit in? Some clients that I have, they want to put legacy into their planning in some form or fashion. They want to plan for that expense. Others just say, (laughs) well, they get whatever they get. (laughs) But at least planning for that and having an understanding, I think is another murky area that many people have this idea. Yes, I want to make sure that my kids and grand or and or grandkids that you know they have something that I have given them, but they haven't really gone through what does that look like? What is the cost of that? Because it is a cost. There's definitely no doubt about that. So again, the article was talking about the murky issues of retirement. Uh, we'll make sure to keep a link there uh, on the show notes page where you can actually go read the article. It was a good article. I just think that there's more areas than just three, at least in my experience that people are 
a little murky about and need more clarity. Okay, the last thing I want to bring up I mentioned is a question I get many times, especially from people that are younger, and that is, I don't like my 401k investment options, but my company says I'm not eligible to roll the money to an outside IRA account. I know people who have moved their 401k in the past, so how does this work? I hear this all the time. Um, There are some decent 401k plans out there, 403bs, TSPs, what have you. There are some bad ones that are out there with regards to investment options that you have within the 401k. The reality is, if you're under 59 and a half, the answer could be tough. Deal with it. (laughs) Unless you can ask uh, your HR or just call up your, uh, the administrator or custodian on your 401k account and ask them if there is a, an option for a self-directed brokerage account. Um, so for instance, they might, let, let's say that TD Ameritrade is the custodian on the account uh, and at your 401k. And one of the options could be that instead of just those investment options that they have, maybe some target date funds, some mutual funds, you know, more than likely a value fund or money market fund, they would also have a self-directed where that money would come into the 401k and then go into your account at TD Ameritrade. And then that really opens up what the investment options are. There aren't many out there that have that. There is a cost for the 401k to actually be able to provide that, not only just for the option, then, but for like in our case, for every uh, participant that uses that option. But it's at least worth asking. And other than that, the reason that people have done it in the past is probably because they are over 59 and a half. The only other way that you can move money out of a 401k is if you, to my knowledge, is if you have severed service with, uh, with that company. But if you're still working there, unfortunately, you got to use it and you just got to make the best of what's there in analyzing what those investment options are. Usually there's in between 30 and 40. And this is where hopefully there's options where you can diversify between domestic and international and, and bond funds. And, you know, that's what I would recommend if possible. So uh, unfortunately, I do hear that all the time, especially from young people. And it's just like, hey, listen, this is all we have to work with right now. We don't want to not take advantage of it. Absolutely do that. But, you know, that's one of the reasons why many times when we do an analysis, the recommendation is to move money out of the 401k when that time is, uh, when it comes available, because once it goes to an IRA, there's so many different options that are out there from an investment standpoint. So listen, everyone, that's all I've got for today. I hope this has been valuable. If you have a question or scenario that you would like for us to address, go to smartmoneyquestions.com. You can submit it there or info at smartmoneyquestions.com. Email it right to us. Also, if you would like to uh, discuss more personal item, you can always go to my online calendar and that is speakwithmat.com. Again, www speakwithmat.com. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk soon.